You're listening to the Redefine Wellness Podcast. In this podcast, you will learn how to restore the body, renew the soul, revive the spirit, and repeat daily. For more information, visit the website at redefinewell.com. That's R-E-D-E-F-I-N-E-W-E-L-L.com. I'm your coach, Lindsay Wenland. Let's get started. Welcome to the Redefine Wellness Podcast. This is episode 21, Don't Get Stuck, Get Curious. Before we start into today's teaching, whatever, it's Saturday morning, the day after Valentine's Day, and three minutes ago, I should have started my long run. (laughs) The problem is, is that I've been so entrenched and focused on the intensive and creating content and writing the Eat for Life program that even just this bubbling up inside me, I had to record it. So I'm going to do it quickly so that I can get out there and run and then get on with my Saturday. I was in two scriptures this morning. I was in Galatians 5, a little bit of Galatians 4, but specifically Galatians 5, 1, which is one of my life verses that is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It's the gist, right? But when we're looking at the context or we're actually looking at a passage, we need to look at all of the scriptures around it to figure out the context. And what Paul was talking about here was the difference between being born of the natural, which was Hagar and Ishmael, or being born of the supernatural, which was Sarah and Isaac. And I sat there for a little bit, and because my focus in this coaching business and in the intensive is so much so about helping people get out of food addiction because that's where I've walked. I've walked out of food addiction. I didn't run. I didn't purge my way out. I didn't, I didn't form some type of religion around it. I walked my way out of it. And I walked pretty slowly, and I'm still walking out of it. And I do believe that this is something that I will be walking out of for the rest of my life. But I was thinking about Galatians 4 and Galatians 5, about the difference between because I have faith in Christ that I no longer live according to the flesh, but I live according to the spirit. I no longer live according to the natural, but the supernatural it made me go back to, of course, the verse of a Matthew of Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty, when Jesus says, "Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you a re- give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for his burden is light and it's easy. It's supernatural." 
It's not of the natural. It's of the supernatural. And I was thinking about these two verses and how they actually go together. And they don't and they do. First of all, it insinuates that I am subject to something. If I am addicted, if I am living according to the flesh, am I, if I am living according to the natural, then that means that I am subject to it. Paul in Galatians was talking about putting faith in circumcision rather than putting faith in Christ. That it isn't the circumcision that set them free and gave them salvation. It was actually Christ alone. So why are you continuing to, circ to circumcise yourself and to circumcise others as an act of religion? Why don't you just put your faith in Christ? It's already there and you're free in it. So this brings me to the question, when I, when I read the Bible, when I read the word, I mirror it with my own life, and I ask questions. Does following a religion, a religious diet plan, a religious way of eating bring me freedom? I can put my faith in it and believe that it will bring me health, that it will bring me somehow joy, that it will bring me to a healthy body weight that I desire. But am I free in it? You see, I have two questions that when I'm actually in my right mind that I ask myself and I form boundaries around. If I do this, can I still remain free? If I do this, can I still remain kind? Stay free and stay kind are my MOs. And they, they come from Elisa Keaton, who is the founder of Revelation Wellness. Her perspective on freedom living and, well, she's paving the way for all of us. And I sat with these words, can I stay free here? Can I stay kind here? And I lined them up in different places of my life that helped me get curious. They helped me form decisions around decisions that need to be made. They helped me put up boundary lines. They helped me create non-negotiables. And they helped me stay free. I don't know about you, but I live in Minnesota and it's the middle of February and we're just getting out of a cold snap. It was negative 37 wind chill yesterday. And I believe it's about 10 degrees and I can't wait to get outside and go running. Because 10 above zero is, well, shorts weather, right? If I am to be free from something, it means that I am not subject to it. It means that what it tells me to do, I have a choice. There's been so many times in my life where I thought that I did not have a choice in the matter, that choosing was not mine to do. And 
when the revelation that I actually have a choice in this came, it allowed me to choose differently. You see, there's there's so many so much science about the subconscious and how you know it wants to stay in homeostasis and and it basically just is taking in information from what you do, forming a thought, forming a habit, forming a pattern around it because it's subject to what you do. And if this is what we've always done, then this is what we're always going to do until you stand and you disrupt that specific spot. For example, in let's just bring it back to the food addiction. Every time I would feel an emotion, good, bad, or ugly, or indifferent, I would eat. Every time I was in fight or flight, every time I was in sympathetic, every time I was basically not sleeping, <laughs> I was thinking about food and how to numb out whatever, whatever emotion I had. And I believed that I was subject to my emotions. I believed that I was subject to food. I believed that food somehow had power over me and that I had no control around it. That's what addiction does. It says that there's no way out. But reality is there are many ways out. And in the Bible, it says that if there is not, not a way out, but God will actually create a way out for you. So there's still a way out. There's still a choice. There's still a different way that we can go. But what addiction and poverty and religion and slavery says is it says that this is the way you've always done it. This is the way we're always going to do it. And you have no way out. But the Bible says that I am no longer subject to the natural because I believe in Christ. I'm subject to the supernatural, and the supernatural gives me options. I was watching a podcast with Tim Ferriss and Brene Brown, and she was talking about getting older and what getting older is actually doing in her life. And all it's doing is making her more curious. And that's the whole thing that changed things for me was I got curious. I got curious. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I think that this is the end all be all? I started asking why. I started asking what. I started lining things up with truth. I started lining things up with, well, this is actual reality instead of this space in my head that I'm living in. We're beginning month two in the Redefine Intensive, and I posed the question to the beta testers. I have seven beta testers right now, and They've been so gracious, gracious to answer my questions and give me their perspective on things. And I put it out there as I was writing the Eat for Life book, basically. Um, do you want me to teach you all the science, all the this, that, and the other thing, all about the hormones, all about addiction, all about this, that, and the other thing, and then give you 
a set of macros to stand by and live by? Or do you want to learn how to do this mindfully? And 100% of them came back with, I want to be mindful. You see, we've, we've walked through a month of self-awareness and self-evaluation and healing emotional trauma and, you know, really getting to the root, root of the reasons why we were emotional eaters to begin with. Because I believe you can't always walk forward until you've dealt with the past. Now, some of us can easily shut the door, pretend things aren't there, but... <laughs> Most of us have monsters under the bed. And until we look under the bed, lift up the sheet, say, hey, you're actually not as scary as you made yourself out to be. Until we do that, until we face our fears, until we face our shame, until we go after the thing that keeps tormenting us, until we torment it, we will never actually be free. I think a lot of our problems is that we don't actually know who we are. We don't know who we are in Christ. We don't know how, I don't want to say powerful, but I mean, if you're created in the image of God, which you are because the Bible says so, whether you believe in the Bible or not, if you are a human being, you were still created in the image of God at your creation. You were created in his likeness, in his character. And because he is a creative God, you are a creative being you get to create. You create with your mouth, you create with your mind, you create with your hands. And you actually get to create the energy and the atmosphere around you based on what you dwell on, based on what you focus on, based on what you think of. If you're always thinking about death, disease, disorder, and chaos, what do you think is going to invite into your life? If you're always, you know, forward-moving, Jesus-focused, um, you know, hot pursuit after freedom and joy and everything, what do you think is going to come into your life? What we seek after, we will find. Why? Because you were created in the image of God. You are creator. Not with a capital C, with a lowercase c, but. So the thing is, is that when we're when we go up against past, when we go up against our pain, it kind of leaves us empty, right? All right, I see you now. I see you that you're underneath the bed. All right, cool. Get out. Get out of my room. Get out from under my bed. Get out of my house. Get out of my neighborhood. Like, get out. Don't come back. You're not welcome here. Great. But what are we going to fill that space up with? Because if we don't fill that space up with then something else can come in and try to take up space there, take up residence. So we got to fill it with something. So I like to fill it with curiosity. I like to know what the word says about things. I like to know, you know, even what certain people say about things. I line it up with, is it with the word? If it's not, throw it out, chew the meat, spit out the bones. There has been nothing in the world that has said, nothing in the natural that has said, this will bring you joy, this will bring you peace, that I have found. And it actually 
fulfills the word to it. There hasn't been a person, a car, a job, amount in my bank account, a gene size, a friendship, a paint color. (laughs) There's nothing in the natural that I have been able to find that actually brings me peace, that actually brings shalom, nothing lacking, nothing left wanting, nothing broken. Every time I've gone to things of this world that are basically a bunch of lip service, that this is the thing that you're looking for, this is what will fulfill you, if it's natural, it actually just opens the door to more poverty, more emptiness, more disgust, and less peace. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, you know, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy and light. When I often teach and think about this scripture, I always talk about having to take off the yoke of the old, having to take off the yoke of the world, and having to take off the yoke of the past. And even the yokes and the religions that I've placed on myself, I have to take all of those off before I can put on the yoke of Christ, before I can put on the yoke of peace and rest. And the thing that I noticed this morning was that Christ didn't say, go, go find me, go search me out, and then you'll have peace. Go on this long journey and walk through the wilderness and suffer, and then you'll find peace. He says, instead of go, he says, come, just come here, just come to me. As a little girl who always wanted a father that was maybe sitting in his favorite chair and maybe I was upset or maybe I wasn't, I always wanted a dad. I always wanted a father that said, just come here, come here. I want to talk with you. Come here. Tell me about your day. Come. What has upset you? Come here. Let me comfort you and give you peace. Instead of the come to me, we often get go. Go away. Go find something else to do. Go figure out your problem on your own. Go. But in Matthew, it says to come, which means he's within arm's reach. He's within arm's distance. And he's ready to welcome you. And he wants to welcome you. And he wants you to take off the disorder and dis-ease and chaos 
And he wants to bring you peace and comfort and rest and order and joy. He wants those empty places to be filled with him. He wants those broken places to be mended. I noticed the come this morning because that's really what I need to do. I need to come and I need to be honest and I need to sit on my father's lap or my friend's lap and I just need to breathe and I need to allow him to give me his peace. So the title of today's podcast was Instead of Getting Stuck, Get Curious. And I think the biggest thing that we have to do when we get curious is we have to come to a place of peace in the curiosity. Because what it can often do is send us into a tailspin, a fear spin, a spiral shame, or a shame spiral. (laughs) Let's just say you ate a whole row of Oreos because you were tired. I mean, honestly, how many times do we eat just because we're tired? When really we need to drink some water and go to bed. (laughs) Let's say you ate a sleeve of Oreos and in your fear in your shame. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? How could I do that? Why did I, oh, I was upset. Oh, I was tired. So maybe you could actually get an answer there. Maybe you could actually see, oh, I'm just tired. I just need to go to bed, right? But you can easily get stuck there when you question in a place other than rest and peace. When we come to a place of rest, when we come to a place of peace and we get curious about ourselves, about the reasons that we're doing things, we are able to form actions. Most of us live in a sympathetic perspective. We live in fight or flight. We always have our notifications on. We're chronically getting dinged here and called here and texted there. I yesterday completely left my phone at home and I drove to an exercise class and I didn't have it for three hours. And it felt so good. The first 15 minutes, yeah, I needed, I was like, ah, I hope I don't get a flat tire, you know, I hope nothing happens because I don't have that safety net. But I was actually able to breathe and I was able to come off of the, the notification, the striving. I was able to rest. I was able to go parasympathetic and think clearly. I was able to question. And what came up in me was extremely emotional 
and I'm not going to share it here, but something came forward in me and it needed to happen. We need not be afraid of asking ourselves why we do the things that we do, why that we think the way that we think. But we need to make sure that we do it from a place of self-care and stewardship. And we need to have peace on it. A lot of times we get stuck because we don't get curious. We don't realize that we have options. We don't realize that there is a way out because we don't sit and take enough time to ask. And I'm wondering if it's because we've been chronically told to go, go, go rather than come to me. I wonder if it's because we've been told over and over again to go achieve and strive and get and earn and and create your own religions and the only way is ABC rather than one, two, three. I wonder if it's because we've been told our whole lives to go rather than to come. And I think oftentimes the opposite of what I think I should do is what I should actually do. I have deadlines that I've put on myself and I have, you know, other people waiting on me to fulfill those deadlines. And the biggest, the the most conscious thing would be, well, you stay up all night and you work and yada, 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 and, and you just get it done and you meet the deadline. But the fact is, is when you're creating, there has to be flow. There has to be the creative juices. It's almost like I'm waiting for the anointing to show up so that it's not coming from me. It's not coming from my natural, but it's coming from the supernatural part of me that I hold. My prayer for all of us is that we will come off of autopilot. We will disrupt the subconscious. We will ask it why. Why do you believe this? Why do you always do things like this? And we don't do it from a place of shame or fear. We do it out of a place of peace and rest. The Bible says for us to first get knowledge and then get understanding, and then get wisdom. And then even to ask for wisdom, but when we ask for it, do it single-mindedly, because a double-minded man will expect to receive nothing. So we go after knowledge, we go after understanding, we go after wisdom, and then we have to stand. We have to, this is the direction I'm going. This is what I believe. I am not going to be tossed by the wind. I am firmly planted on a solid rock foundation, not shifting sand. We have to get to know ourselves. 
we have to acknowledge that this cycle of <clears throat> mentality, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't helping me. Fear doesn't help me. Shame doesn't help me. Is this helping me or is this hindering me? So instead of getting stuck, get curious. Come to a place of peace, come to a place of rest, whether that's a breath prayer, a meditation, a leaving your phone at home for a few hours and just getting quiet. Come out of the way that you've always done it because you've always done it that way. Come out of that religiosity and slow down and come to peace. Breathe. Even listening to your breath can calm you down and get you into parasympathetic and get you into rest. Pray. And start asking, why? Get curious. What I've learned is that either the Holy Spirit or me, both of us have answers. And he's always right. But sometimes I'm right, too. Sometimes I have the information. Most of us have the answers to our questions living inside of us. Most of us already have a knowing. We have an intuition. And it doesn't take much for us to actually tap into it. So I'm done babbling. I need to go for my long run. I hope this helped. And I hope the next time you feel stuck, instead of staying there, instead of thinking that you have no options or no way out, that you'll come to a place of peace, that you'll come to a place of rest, and you will just get curious. Ask why, ask how, ask when. And you'll be surprised that the answer is already there. Until next time, keep moving forward. Thank you for listening to the Redefine Wellness Podcast. For more information on challenges, programs, how I can train you or the Redefine Intensive, please go to redefinewell.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at redefinewell. If you want to follow me and my personal training journey with running and swimming and cycling and ultra and maybe even some recipes, I'm over at Instagram at runlindsay. That's R-U-N-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Until next time, keep moving forward.